Hi guys, my name is Tashoy. And my name is Natasha. And welcome, welcome to, to His Word. word. Yeah. We are here to bring you His Word through testimonies. And His Word is here to encourage, uplift, inspire, help, believe, and to trust. So what is a testimony, you may ask? I'll let you know. A testimony is a testament of what God is doing in your life. It is powerful to share your testimony and it will help other people who are going through the exact same thing. So guys, please remember to hear his word, speak his word, and share his word. His His word word is God's word. Hi guys, welcome back to our episode on Testimony Tuesdays and this week is episode 13. We have come such a long way and it's been such an incredible achievement. We are grateful for everybody who has tuned in, has shared it, has supported us and we're so thankful. We have a giveaway coming soon so please guys stay tuned, follow us on Instagram and if you do have any queries or any testimonies please let us know. We just want to introduce you to our next special guest today on our episode, we have our brother David to share his testimony. This is our third week on salvation of how to be saved. And this episode is called, Is Your Heart Right? Can I get it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen. So we haven't spoken much during the three weeks of the episodes because we want the three men who told their testimonies to speak to you guys on how it's not every situation is going to be the same for you guys to understand that there is different scenarios of how to be saved god can intervene at any given time of your life and save you out of that situation so just a recap we had our brother abraham on the first week who had a near-death experience and God came in and saved him. You know, the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that is exactly what happened. He was in a near-death situation, but God came forward and he the situation did not end his life. And he was here on our platform giving his testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. And our second week, we had our brother Ashley who was saved in prison. He was in a place of darkness. He was in a place of so much and got so much um, so much fear and doubt in his heart. But God came forward and spoke to him through his, the ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. And then this week we have our brother David. Where it just comes to show that when you truly accept God into your heart. God will guide you. God will show you the way of building a successful relationship with him. Hallelujah. You know our anchor scripture for this episode is 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. And the scripture says. But the Lord said to Samuel. Do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes it's not about what you see. The Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. Reason being, because when you're walking by faith in your journey with Christ, don't look at what's happening around you, but just focus on God. If you just continue to hold on to God and hold on to his words, you will see that God is able to do great and mighty things in your life. Amen. Brother David, thank you so much for coming onto our platform. We are so excited to hear what God has been doing for you in your life. So tell us what the Lord has been doing for you. Um, hello, everyone. My name is David. I am an analyst. Um, currently, actually, job hunting because of COVID nineteen, sadly. Um, but I, I'm here to talk about um, my testimony as to how I came to find God and. Um, the journey so far you know 
things like learning to be intimate with God, learning to grow in Him, and also challenges I, I, I faced um, along the journey. So, yeah, it, hopefully it's a enlightening talk and you learn something from it. Um, so just to begin, I would like to give myself some sort of brief introduction. I was born into a Christian home. Um, always, you know, the cliche, you would go to church, you would pray, read your Bible, your mom would buy you Bible stories, books, and all this stuff. And I think when I came to some sort of understanding of the existence of God, or when, you know, there was some sort of marking for in a sense that God does exist was when I was around four years old and I saw like a miracle. Um, this made me know that whatever there is out there, there is some God, like there is something out there. Like, and for me, it was, it was sort of moving in a sense where I was like, okay, God does exist. But I guess for some reason it was like, okay, that's fine. That's cool. I'm just going to move on with my life now, which I did. And um, I spent years just not really doing much um, in terms of, you know, I don't have the cliche story of I was a rebel. Then I, you know, got into some like ridiculous scenario and then God said it wasn't that it was just I guess my mom used to always pray and um this was around when I was 12 11 I used to always be curious like you know why do you always pray and all this kind of stuff and I was very interested like who is God how do you know when God speaks to you and my mom would always have an interesting answer to that question which is when he speaks to you you would know I was very um, curious, so I guess around, I would read the Bible here and there, preferably the book of Revelations, because that was the only book I found interesting in the Bible. I thought the rest of it was really boring. Um, but I think around the age of 14 was when I had a serious encounter with God, actually. Um, I Around that period, I had already started praying a bit, more i started seeking out god more i started to question you know like how can there be a god and i i'm not i don't know him you know and um i think the first time i felt something was i was at this um it was a redeemed conference redeemed christian church of god it was called festival of life and me and a bunch of my friends um they were doing the whole thing of give your life to christ we went up and we felt like uh and not, I did, I wasn't the only one to testify to this. Um, me and some of my friends went up and we felt like some sort of presence. And, um, you know, I asked my friends, like, did you guys feel that? And I was like, they were like, yeah, like there was some sort of peaceful presence there and we couldn't really explain it. But me being me again, I just ignored it. I thought, well, that was nice. That was so cool. I'm just going to move on with my life. And I don't know what happened, but eventually what I started to find was that as I have this keen um, inclination to find and seek out what, who God was. And I think where it started off was, you know, me reading my Bible, me spending a bit more time trying to pray beyond just a Sunday service. And um, I think I got to a point where I started being conscious of my need to stop living a life of sin, um, which was where I think some of my... Un deeper understanding of Christianity came and also my struggle. Um, so I think the way I started off was, and it's quite funny, was I would spend every day, this was when I was about 14, 15, 
at the end of the day, I would reflect on how many times I'd sinned the day and I would count them. And um, I would try to sort of then have a goal of, okay, tomorrow you're going to do this less. You're going to do, like, let's say I sin five times. I'm going to sin only three times tomorrow because I don't want to sin too much in front of God. Um, which, to be honest, to most people sounds a bit like, okay, you're counting your sins. Like, well, okay, that's weird. But that was the only way I understood at the time. I think um, it got to a point where I started to realize that you know what, this this not sinning thing is ridiculous. Like, I can't do it. Like, it, it like it doesn't take much for me to sin. All I need to see is a really good-looking girl walk down the road, and that's done. <laughs> so I think I got to a point where I literally had to ask God for help, which was, I think, the first time I felt like an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and I felt empowered to start sort of living out a life where I'm, I was just focused on God. And... Uh, think what transpired from that was just this whole massive journey of just growing in God and learning about him um even sometimes manifesting gifts which um is a good thing that comes along the journey but I think the most beautiful thing is the intimate relationship which um I've developed over time and I remember when I actually got the gift of tongues God actually told me it was going to come because I see people speak in tongues and I used to think like, okay, I've come to know God to a certain extent, but this thing just like, it just looks weird. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like what this person seems like they're just making it up. Like it, it literally seems like they're making it up. So I was like, God, if this thing is real, like I would experience it. So he then responded to me. I was in a church service that day and there was another friend next to me as well, who he told me to tell the same thing. And he was like, if you praise um, if you take this worship service seriously and praise, like something will come. And, you know, me and my friend received the gift of tongues that day. So that was, um, that was quite cool. And I think what followed that was also as much as I, I learned from that, I also started to get curious about gifts, which sort of led me down a road whereby I think I got my priorities somewhat incorrect. So I became very focused on how spiritual things worked um, in terms of the principles behind them. Um, I had another funny story I had, I have was um, I came to an understanding of how there's a power in your tongue. And um, I think it was God who actually sort of gave me that knowledge and understanding. I remember one time being in my church service and, you know, me being a bit religious at the time, there was a, friend of mine who was next to me and he was on his phone in church and I was like to him, you know like you should listen to the pastor you know is kind of disrespectful he he wasn't you know listening to me so I said to him well until you until you start listening because you, you're not going to listen your phone is going to stop working until the end of the service and exactly that happened the minute I, I said that his phone just stopped working he took up I think he had a Blackberry and that time you could take out the batteries at the back of your phones so he opened the battery at the back of his phone. He took it out, put it back in. His phone just didn't load. And until grace was said and service ended, his phone didn't work. And those things really, really, really made me curious about, I would say, sometimes because Christians, we make a mistake of being curious about the gifts and not God. And I feel like that's where you sometimes find people who God annoys go astray because sometimes people get caught up in 
what they can do than rather than who they are in Christ. I think what eventually happened is I, I would say I, I developed something I call the Elijah complex. You know, in the, in the Bible, you see Elijah, he's this mighty man of God. He's done so many things for God, blah, 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 blah. He called on fire from heaven. Then he gets depressed and talks about how he's filled God, whereby God is like, well, you know, I'm okay with you. But he generally has this burden on himself where he thinks he's the person carrying God's will, God's glory. And I found when I started to study him that he had a similar problem to what I had, I guess, which was this, I guess maybe I'm wrong in some sense. Maybe I've, I've misjudged his character in that sense, but this needs to be God's herald, almost like you are the person who is guarding the gates to heaven or something like that. And, um, it made me a very, very, um, unrelatable Christian. There, there are the Christians who, when you meet them, it's like you met an angel and you can't really speak to them about anything apart from, you know, God, the gifts. And, you know, when someone comes to them, to, to, to such a person with their struggles, they really struggle to relate with it. You know, they, they, they tend to like look at you from sometimes a place of self-righteousness. And I did that a lot. You know, I was quite self-righteous at some point thinking, well, you know what? this is working out for me because I do the right things in front of God. You don't care enough. And God humbled me, you know, not in, not in ways that was direct from him, but, you know, as, as you grow in Christianity, as anyone knows, the enemy starts to work to oppress you. And when things got tough, because I relied a lot on my knowledge of God rather than the place of intimacy, I think, I began to struggle because I was very used to seeking out my own answer rather than waiting on God. Uh, so that is where I then had to transition my model of Christianity from a gifts-based Christianity to a Christianity that was based on trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting in God in every situation, which was hard for me because I'm a person who just likes to think about things and do what I need to do. I'm a very sort of on-the-go type of person. So it, it, it's been hard, actually. I think one verse that I remember one time, actually, let me actually go into this. There was one time when quite a few times, I'll, go, I'll give to you quite a few examples. There was one example when I was like maybe 16, 15. I was watching a woman who she was going off about how, you know, she was very hyper-religious as well. How, you know, people who, <coughs> people who were, certain clothing you know they're abominable before god and you know if you, if you wear earrings you're not going to enter the kingdom of god and xyz and i think i got very frustrated in my spirit and i said to god i was like you know what yeah i don't want to serve you because i know many women who love you to bits who wear earrings and if you're a god who's you know like despite the fact that they try their best it's going to turn them away because they wear earrings like i'm not really interested like i just want to live my life and immediately he replied to me and he first told me to turn turn off um whatever I was watching. And he then told me, like, you know, I'm not a wicked God. Like, why would I make it hard for people to enter my kingdom? He then gave me this analogy. There's a passage in scripture where Jesus was being lectured by to by the Pharisees about not washing his hands. And he said something which is, 
it is not what comes um what is outside the man that defiles him but what comes from the inside and the holy spirit used that to refer to the fact that you can't possibly use an earring something that's outside to defile the person it's what's inside your heart that will make you you know right or not right with god you know not the way you dress you know although you know you should be modest in the way you dress and stuff but as much as you're dressing modestly you know you're not being religiously oppressed because sometimes i find that and that was what was happening with me um i started to see god as someone who had strict rules who it was almost like a task to follow him it was like a chore it wasn't a relationship it was this was a master and we have to do what he says or we're going to get punished which which is not what god wants to think like another example was one time when i actually um sinned against god and i was very like you know i was very in the space of you know well, god doesn't love me xyz and he then said to me something he said well you do realize that my sin your sins don't make me love you any less he then went on to talk about how he hates when his children you know when they sin against him they run away from him rather than just come straight to him. and you know the perfect example is of that is the prodigal son the prodigal son goes away and god is just there you know this in the story the father represents god and he's just stood out there waiting for the son to come back home and God himself illustrated that to me. And he then further went up to give, went to give me an, an analogy. He said, imagine you were driving a car on the road. You need to look, imagine I was on the road. I was like a target. You need to look through the windscreen and focus on me. What you're doing is you keep looking at the side mirrors and to keep looking at your past. If you keep doing that, you're going to crash. And I think that really, really hit me at the time, but still, because of and this is what i why i'm i'm actually taking the story this way because i think as much as i want to testify about my journey with god i want to talk about the dangers of a deeply religious mindset in comparison into a relationship based christianity still because i had had this model of christianity which was you know i can do this you know I'm a Christian because I can do this. I'm a Christian because I pray like this. I'm a Christian because I read the Bible eight, eight, eight days, times a day. That, that teaching from God, although it made me feel good, made me feel like, wow, you know, I never knew he felt this way about me. It didn't resonate with me. It struggled to take root. You know, there's a parable where Jesus talks about the seed sower, where he talks about us, um, uh, a uh, plant seed planter who goes to scatter seeds and some get sown and some don't get sown because the ground is hard. When a person has a religious mindset, whether or not they realize it, they can be as Christian as they want in terms of the cliches, but their ground is actually hard to receive from, from God. The ground being their heart. Their heart can't receive certain things God wants to put in them. And it limits their ability to actually function in the Holy Spirit and to do His will. And I think much of my journey, so that was when I was about 16. So much of my journey from then until now, you know, through uni years was God trying to break down that religiousness, you know. Um, <laughs> so I went into uni and I, I, I got to a point where I got so sick of feeling re like religiously oppressed because there were so many parts of the Bible that I would read and I'll try getting clarification on. 
and people wouldn't really give me the answers that I needed to hear or what I wanted to hear. I would say sometimes because there'll be things like you know obedience to your parents, and I would ask questions such as you know, what if your parents are telling you to do something that's not completely correct or something that is just not wise? Do I just have to obey them because they're your parents? And you know, people will say yes because the Bible says so, and that frustrated me because I was like, well, that's illogical. That means I can't think for myself, really, can I? As I don't want that to be in my life. So my mistake being religious was, you know, God is this person. He's he's very rigid. You know, he doesn't, if you don't obey his his word 100% and do everything he says, he cannot relate with you. So I got, when I went to uni, I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I will try to honor God in the little way I can, but I'm not really going to really do much with him. I just, I don't really need that. And um, most, my first year of uni, you know, much a lot of people like to, my first year of uni was great because I felt free. But I think I started to realize at some point that I sort of still wanted that relationship with God. You know, like I, I really, really, really wanted it. I wanted to know who he was. I wanted, but I didn't want, the, the the sort of rigid ideology whereby I have to do this, you have to be a certain way. It just felt too restrictive. So I still found myself every once in a while, you know, doing things like going to church, you know, doing things like trying to just get paid my tithes, just trying to, you know, sort of, it's like, you know, imagine you've broken up with someone, but you want to tell them like, you guys are cool. It was kind of like that. It's like, uh, like we're broken up, but I'll still text you once from time to time, like just to check up on you and see if you're okay. That that was how I was at that point. I think it was in my second year when I started to seek God out again and some certain stuff started to happen in my life, which was quite traumatizing. I can't go into detail because it's someone else's story to tell. Um, but it, it rocked my world in a sense whereby it disturbed everything because it was literally something that was like, and it was not a good life to anything was very negative um so that then got me on this journey whereby i had to seek god because it wasn't a, a choice anymore in a sense whereby uh do i like what he's doing or it was like yo i need answers for this specific thing i need you to show up for this specific person that i care about and um you know it took maybe i mean wasn't just me praying a lot of other people were praying as well and god showed up for the person the person you know got out of the situation um but it made me realize like that whole experience which i can't really go into because it, it was included a lot of spiritual warfare it made me realize how deep the things of god are and how much it was a mistake on my part to actually think well i don't really care about this i'm just going to ignore everything because I knew that was there, but I thought I could ignore it. But when I started to realize, like, look, the world we live in is such that whether you like it or not, you're going to have to deal with the spiritual. You don't have a choice. You can't, you can pretend it's not there, but it is there and it will affect you in one way or another. And uh, that made me start to realize, you know what, I need God in my life. But I think at that point, when I started to try to get back to God, I started to encounter a lot of opposition in the terms of, you know, spiritual forces, which just didn't want me to, you know, and that's why I started to realize that my frustration with God was definitely orchestrated. It wasn't a, um, 
it wasn't a thing whereby it just happened. It was definitely orchestrated by powers who wanted to separate me from a place whereby I was actually comfortable being around God, you know, like, so I started to realize because my mindset wasn't very aligned with the word of God at that point. I was very in my own way of thinking. And I really just like, I'll read, there was times where I'll read the Bible and I'll just close it. Cause I was like, this is just like, I just couldn't read it. I just found what it was saying ridiculous. I was just like, no, that this is <laughs> it's like, no, there is no way I can read this and take it seriously. Um, and I don't, honestly, at this point, I used to be like, I need help because I was like, I used to read the Bible four hours a day when I was a kid. And now I can't even read it without getting annoyed at it. So I was like, there's something that's happened that isn't really good. And it, it, it's the way like, and that's where you have to be careful with religion and also the world around you as well. It, it's sort of shaped to train your mindset to be opposed to God. Um, what's that Bible verse that says, anyone who's friends of the world is an enemy of God. Like, I think it tends to mean that the world is such a way that when you conform to it, it makes you, like, whether you want to or not, indirectly opposed to the ways of God. Like, you just don't want to think the way he does. You don't want to align yourself with his will. And you might go to church. And that's a good question for people to ask themselves, you know. Are you just a churchgoer? Are you an actual Christian? You know, because there's a lot of Christians people who call we call ourselves christians but we go to church but when it comes to actually walking and you know submitting to his will and actually trying to find it and it's not easy it's not like you're going to be perfect but when it comes to actually trying to follow his will or trying to follow his path we just we don't want to do that we're just like oh no it's too much because we have a mentality and it tends to be a worldly mentality and sometimes a religious mentality because you know i've read books like um God's generals, for example, where you'd have men of God who God was using, but they had a certain religious mindset to the point whereby God asked them to work with someone else who they didn't agree with their way of doing the things of God because they had a certain doctrine and they would refuse to. And, you know, it's, it's a very important thing that I'm trying to highlight here in terms of just making sure that as a Christian, your relationship with God isn't being a churchgoer and isn't a self-righteous, pompous, I'm above everyone or um, I am a Christian because I do this because you're a Christian because Jesus died on the cross, firstly. Um, without that, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not righteous enough to stand before God. That, that is just simple. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags before God, which means we can't meet his standard even if we wanted to. So I think that was the transition point for me. I came to this realization that although I knew that I hadn't actually let that be because you, this is taught to you since you're a kid, you know, that, oh yeah, you know, Jesus is the one that died to save you, save, save you from your sins. But then you start to think you're meant to save yourself from your sins. And um, you start to think that you're the one that's meant to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And I got to this point where I was like, okay, I'm not perfect right now. I have my struggles, but I need to let God in. I need to actually let Jesus be who he is and stop trying to be self-righteous. Stop trying to, you know, because I didn't see it as self-righteousness. I just saw it as I desired to do the right thing before God. But in some sense, it was me trying to do it my way rather than God's way. 
so I was trying to do things to please God, but not to actually not actually ask Him to do or, or what to do. It's like me trying to please someone, but I'm not actually trying to understand how they like to be pleased or what their interests are. It's like okay, I want to please this person, but I'm not really interested in hearing from them how they would like that to happen. I'm just gonna go around doing what I want to do and then call it pleasing God. So that was um like a journey that's led me here now, whereby I would say that much of my Christianity is based on a single foundation, which is the love of God. And I would say my 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 Christian mo- motto would be First Corinthians 13, because I think it depicts what God wants for us ult- from us ultimately as Christians. Um, doing miracles and signs and wonders is great, but if you cannot love, you know, and you don't have the love of God in your heart and you can't accept it, um, your tongues, your miracles and signs and wonders are very empty. And, you know, First Corinthians First Corinthians 13 goes very well into that in terms of, you know, if I can speak all the tongues of the world and I understood the mysteries of angels, but I could not love them like a climbing symbol, things like that. It's very important because I think the effectiveness of a Christian comes from whether they have the heart of God or not. There are many Christians who they understand spiritual mysteries. They understand... They know how to cast out demons, they know how to do X, Y, Z, they know how to heal, but they don't have the heart of God. And I believe that when it comes down to it, that is the defining line which on which God actually sort of, you know, assesses us. You know, how much are our hearts yielded to it? How much have we given ourselves as true worshippers? Because that's what the Bible says, you know, there's a time where God is looking for true worshippers who will truly seek him, not, you know, people who you know sometimes we perform miracles and the next day we're doing whatever we want to do you know it's it's a hard calling for some people because it requires you to force us die to yourself in a sense where you have to actually let go of your old ways your old patterns of thinking and actually let someone else who is your father but maybe you're not quite familiar with him because you don't know God as much as we wish or we don't know God as much as we should do. We're now meant to let him teach us how to do things, which is hard for independent, let's say 20 year old human being who thinks, well, I know what the world is like. You know, it takes a lot of humility to do that. And, you know, not to ramble on, but I would say like, I would like to encourage anyone listening to this, that, you know, to question in terms of your relationship with God, how authentic is it? Is it based on, a need for approval, a need for Christian grandstanding, whereby, you know, you walk into the church and everyone claps for you and says, that's the mighty Christian. <laughs> the question is, you know, people can clap for you, but is God clapping for you? Your pastor could love you and think you're great, but does God think the same? Because you can deceive your pastor, but you can't deceive God. You know, it's, it's a very important thing to think about. You know, as a Christian, what's your relationship with God like? Do you and the Holy Spirit have communion? Like I, I won't, I won't say it to brag, but I have got to a point where I'm not perfect. I still have my own struggles, but me and the Holy Spirit have communion consistently, and I hear His voice, and He tells me things that are going to happen, and they happen. Like sometimes, I mean, I'm in a season where I'm applying for jobs, and He tells me things like, "Oh, well, these lot." They're going to get back to you, but they're going to say this. And they do the exact thing he told me. And that's not come from a place of trying to be self-righteous. It came from a place of just 
wanting a relationship and seeking and yielding whenever he he opened his hands to me. I think I'm from a place of looking at another Christian and think, thinking I'm better than them. And you don't come from a place of trying to please anyone. Came from a place of trying to seek him and please him. And, you know, like, I guess that that for me will be my main message. You know, as a Christian, make sure that you are actually seeking God. You know, Jesus said something in the Bible about the Pharisees. He said, when you pray, do not be like the Pharisees who pray in street corners for people's approval. And he says, I tell you, they will have, they've already got on their reward, right? God is very funny. He will give you what you're looking for. If you're looking for the approval of men, you know, when you pray and when you speak in tongues, church, whenever, that is what you get, but not his approval. Because God looks at the heart first. You know, it doesn't matter how many signs of wonders you perform. People are very mystified as to that verse in the Bible where it says, there are many on the last day who would have performed signs and wonders who will enter his kingdom because that is a massive issue with a lot of people. They have the gifts, but not the heart. And God is there like, I want people who have hearts to see. Because with that, he can do much. That is what he wants. He doesn't need a person. God is capable of doing things himself. He doesn't need a person who's arrogant, who thinks he's he's the ish or she's the ish or is full of him or herself. He doesn't need that. What he needs is someone who can humble themselves before him and come before him and say, you know what, God, not my will, which is hard to say, but your will be done. It's very hard to say. Especially in many situations, like, because you think you know what's right, but, you know, God, God tends to um, know better. But, um, yeah, I would say um, that, that, that is um, my testimony. And um, that is some insight as to um, some of the things I've, I've experienced over time walking in God. And um, it's, it's been a journey um, that's probably not going to end till the day I leave this earth. Not probably. It's not going to end like the day I leave this earth. So, um, you know, I would, I would um, encourage people as not, not give up. You know, persevere. You know, we life bring will bring us different trials. Sometimes life will give give you good days. Sometimes it's going to give you bad days. But stay consistent in your pursuit of God because I would, I will say this: it's been one of the best things I've experienced in my life and I would say I can't imagine my life without it although a lot there was a point at which I tried to run away from it I look at that and think that would be so stupid like I might have had things material things I might have had um, certain things that I wanted but I would have been missing something that was so key to my peace to my joy to my ability to actually function in purpose and to function as a person who can actually pour into other people because I think one thing that's very key to me is you know what testifies to me about a person is how much they can impact other people positively many people are rich they're successful but they're just wretched people because when it comes to actually helping other people or actually impacting or imparting life into other people they just have no ability to do that which tells me a lot about a person. When you're a person, when everyone is around you, you cannot be a good influence on people. It says a lot. 
Thank you so much, David, for sharing such a beautiful testimony and bringing it onto our platform that we are able to spread it across the world. You know, whatever you spoke on today on this platform, there is somebody out there that is supposed to hear your word. And we just want to say thank you so much. This testimony is an ongoing testimony in itself. It's not something that has has ended, but it just comes to show that this is a journey and your testimony is going to keep going and keep going and keep going. That's because God has done such a powerful thing in your life and he's drawn you so closer to him. So we just want to say God bless you. I agree with everything that you have just said, Teshoy. Like a journey with God is not an easy journey. It goes from A to B and then D to F and then Z and then back to A. But it's a very exciting journey. It's just that you need to understand, yeah, that the enemy will always try and come in and he will always try to, to discourage you. He will always try to put his like two pence in and you know cause you to have a like a hiccup here and there but just understand yeah that god will always see more than what you are seeing you know he's always there with you and he will forgive every sin in which you have committed there is no sin which is too big or too out of the world that he won't forgive like we are humans it's normal to sin we aren't encouraging sin but i feel like sometimes in this world yeah we just get so caught up in our sin yeah where we feel like that we try to run away from god but where are you actually going to because there is nothing more amazing than being in god's grace in his presence right by you running away that's you causing yourself even more trouble you know so again thank you David for this incredible testimony and I really do feel like it allowed me also to reflect on my own life and my own heart and how I'm able to improve as a Christian on my journey with God now guys if you do have a testimony please do not hesitate to contact us on either Instagram or on our email address and guys also please remember his word is God's word. Hey, his word is God's word. Hello, his word.